and welcome to the Arsgog Foundation's Ask About Arsgog podcast series. The Arsgog Foundation is the world's only patient and parent-led organisation for the excellent rare genetic condition Arsgog syndrome. We support patients and their families across 34 countries and counting. Our Ask About Arsgog campaign seeks to raise awareness around the importance of early diagnosis for children and raise funds towards vital research critical to their future development, health and education. Today we are speaking with Debbie. Debbie, please introduce yourself. Hi, um, I'm Debbie and um, I'm a carrier of Arsgog syndrome. I have two young sons that also have it as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Debbie, for, for taking the time to speak with us today. So you mentioned starting with it that you're a carrier yourself of the FGD1 gene, which carries Arsgog syndrome. When did you receive the news that, that you were a carrier of that gene? Um, it was about one, to, uh, actually about 11 years ago. It was when my son was about one to two years old. Okay. And yeah. did you purely find out that you were a carrier of it be- because of your, your son's diagnosis of Arsgog syndrome? Um, yeah, my sons didn't actually get the diagnosis at first. It was me that got the blood tests from the genetics. We had a lot of appointments with him from when he was a baby. They knew there was something. They first of all thought he had Down syndrome and all other things. Like if we had a lot of appointments. And then, then one of the genetics said about Ascog syndrome. But at the time where he was young, he'd already been through quite a lot. So I said that I would go for the blood test. And then it came back that I was a carrier. Okay, so it sounds like you you had quite a journey then in order to to get first of all your your son's diagnosis and the, and then your own when you're saying that they were looking at all other sorts of possibilities like Down syndrome etc. Did, yes. did you find it quite a scary time as as a parent that you've got a new baby and you know medical professionals are unsure of of what's going on? Yeah, we did. We definitely wanted answers. That's why we did keep going back and forth a lot. And no one, no one could really give us the right answer or say what was wrong with him. And how did you feel after you got the news that not only were you a carrier of a rare genetic condition, but that your your son had that condition and could develop physical um, symptoms of it too? Well, it was quite, actually, it was a bit of a relief as well to actually find out at last there was something like wrong with him or different with him, as well as it was a bit scary not knowing what it was, or especially as the people that were involved, no one really knew much about it either. They knew just as much as us, to be honest. And do you find that that that's the case with with Arscog, that quite often if you're speaking to medical professionals um, or or people within the wider community, that a lot of them, the first thing they'll turn around and say is, what is Arscog syndrome? Yeah, you do have to repeat yourself a lot, especially we've had, like if they've had a paediatrician or a doctor that's left and we've got a new person come in, we have to like go through their whole story and explain everything again. You have to kind of help them along to let them learn about what it is as well. And do you think that there could be more information available to like GPs, to, to nurses, to paediatricians about not just Arsgog syndrome, but many rare diseases in, in the UK? Do, do you think there, there could be more access for, for medical professionals? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of them, even recently, we saw a doctor and she was just saying what she'd learned from a book, like she'd never met anyone with it before. 
So she didn't understand what I was trying to say, that everybody with it is different and everyone has different symptoms as well. They kind of class everyone the same and that's it. So I do think they do need to learn a lot more about it. Yeah. Well, I've, I think that's quite a common theme that we've seen throughout the podcast series is the lack of knowledge within um, medical professionals. And hopefully from uh, the, the likes of yourself, Debbie, speaking with us today, we can hopefully make more people aware of not only ARSCOG, but rare diseases in general. So it, it's a great thing that, that you're being able to be part of this. Yeah, thanks. So to go back to you being a carrier, did you at all suffer any symptoms yourself of, of carrying the FGD1 gene? Um, I've got quite bad like hypermobility in my arms and I get quite, I've got a, quite a bad shoulder. And I think it is due to that, like get quite a lot of aches and pains in my joints, especially my shoulder, my legs as well. I think that's part of it because my son does suffer from that as well. I was just going to say, do, do you see any similarities be between sort of your symptoms and, and, and your son's symptoms? Uh, yeah, I do think he suffers more, though, definitely. Well, two of them have it, but one's worse than the other. My dad also has it, and he, he is a lot worse than me, definitely. Yeah. And how did you feel um, about getting treatments and um, advice for yourself and, and your sons and, and maybe your father as well. Do, do you have any sort of obstacles in, in terms of seeking out help of how do we get the right treatment um, for, for each different sort of symptom? I think it's the same thing. It's just where people don't really know much about it, that they don't really know themselves what to say. And the boys suffer a lot with their legs. They can't walk as far as other children at all. And we've had to like find ways ourselves to help them because all we do get from the medical profession most of the time is they say, oh, there is something they'll just grow out of. My son is 12 now and he he hasn't grown out of it. I think it's just something that children are born with and it's something that they need help to like adjust to, really. It's not something that will just go away. And how do you feel about, you know, being a parent of a child with, with ARSCOG? Do you feel like you have to, you know, really do all that um, advocating for, for your sons and thinking outside of the box for, for them? Because by the sounds of it, there's not much support for, for you from the, the medical side. Yeah, I do think we do have to help them a lot more than we would. And especially, yeah, I think we have to like push for help more make sure they get the right appointments and let people see to them more than like you have to keep on at people a lot more to make sure they get the help they need mm -hmm. and do you feel quite um sort of comfortable with with your boys in terms of how they're going to move into education because for for children quite often if they have a, a rare disease they just think that's that's normal that everybody has that kind of condition and, and those kind of limitations and it's not till they enter you know school and then high school that they start to see that you know children are, are different in many ways have you found sort of the idea of, of school and school life a bit daunting um, for your boys? Well, yeah, actually, I've been homeschooling them for the last four years now. And that is partly because of the Arsenal syndrome it is that as well, because it's affected them socially as well, the way they mix with other people and the way they've got quite a lot of problems with their hands and things. So one of them doesn't like the way people like judged him or looked at him with that. So I definitely do think, yeah, it does affect them a lot in different ways. 
And yeah. I know that your your boys, as well as homeschooling, they also learn an awful lot um, around the farm. They're they're really into mm-hmm. to their animals. Yeah, definitely. Animals have helped them a lot. I think they've helped them to be more confident and be more like brave in themselves because they use the animals like they kind of I say they are like therapy to them, really. They help them to talk to people because they talk about the animals. That's why we've encouraged them a lot to do a lot of fundraising, things like that. Yeah, and I guess it also gives them that, even though it's it's maybe you know a sheep or a cow, it's it's that sort of um, friend for them as well. It gives yeah. them that that kind of confidant, if if you like, even even if they can't respond back. Yeah, and my the youngest his best friend he says he's a sheep, so yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think with is with animals they don't talk back, do they? Or they don't talk about you behind your back, so they feel more braver with them. And what sort of hope would you have, Debbie, for, for the future, for kids who are diagnosed with ARSCOG in, in two years' time or in 20 years' time? What would be your hope for them? I think it, I hope that doctors and professionals will get more knowledge of um, ARSCOG and so they can help them more, really. Not even just by, I just think even by the parents, like being able to tell them more about it and what to expect. I just think more knowledge is definitely needed. And in regards to you as as an advocate for your sons, how have you found, you know, the the foundation and some of the sort of Facebook groups and other support groups that, that are out there? Do you you feel like you can find the, the information that you need to support your, your boys? Or do you find the, the internet a bit overwhelming when it comes to the, the information overload about Arskog? Um, I think the Facebook pages are good. I do think... And there's not that many people on there either, so it's not too overwhelming, but I think it helps a lot because we've never met anyone apart from in our family that suffer from it. So it's nice to know there's other people there and that if you do need to know questions, like you can ask on there and find out a bit more, especially as like you say, the doctors and people don't know, but people with it in their family will know more. So it's good to know there's other people around that you can speak to if you need to. Yeah, because quite often um, the patients and parents of, of Arskog are, are the experts, really. Because um, as yeah. you say, a lot of the, the doctors, they don't know, so they really rely um, on you sort of voicing what it's like from a, an everyday point of view, um, you know, for, for what you know about your, your son and also you as a carrier. Yeah, and I think as they get older and if they want to look online and see things, they'll be able to see there's other children and people like them that, that it's not too different like it's just something that other people have as well yeah and finally just to end Debbie is there anything you would tell your your younger self um I think not to like give up if you think something's wrong not to give up and always push for an answer and like especially if it is for yourself or your children if you know something's not right then just keep making sure you know, you push till you get the answer. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good one. I, I think you're absolutely spot on there that if, if your gut's telling you this isn't feeling right, then you need to, to keep pushing um, because quite yeah. often um, that that's the re- there is a reason for, for you not feeling quite right and you need to make sure you get the, the answer for yourself or, or your kids. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Debbie, um, for being a part of the podcast series. Okay, thank you.